Hey guys, welcome to Rihanna's Lens, where I interact with you about the components in the STEM field and introduce you to fascinating people who passionately inhabit the scientific and technical frontiers of our society. My name is Rihanna Malhotra and I'm absolutely elated to share this podcast with all of you. On this episode, I'm joined by a guest who's a doctoral student at Pepperdine University with an interest in studying language and school segregation policies. She's also a teacher and works to help find workshops for teachers to attend on diversity and equity. I'm so glad to welcome and introduce Brittany. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to begin our discussion. Yes, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you giving me this time. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you, especially about your doctoral journey and what actually drove you to become a teacher. So, um, so let me begin by asking you, what motivated you to get into this field? Um, so I would say my mom, if we're just going from the start of it all, uh, my mom is also um, in education and just watching her be able to touch so many people's lives and you know I'll go into the grocery store sometimes or to the gym and they're like are you her daughter I love her she's so sweet or I remember her being in her um computer lab and just being able to see like um the positive effect that she had in the lives of students um and that was just something I wanted as well um volunteering in classrooms was great um and you know helping her in like PTA events was always fun um, but I really love the relationships I was able to build and the way I was able to encourage students. Um, yeah. And I, I think that just pushed me to want to work in the field of education in some capacity. Um, yeah. So short, short answer, my mom. Yeah. She's just, she's the best. And it was just great to see how great other people saw her as. Yeah, that's awesome. I, also think that our mothers are our first inspiration towards everything. So uh, knowing that she was your inspiration to get into this field is just awesome. Uh, moving yeah, forward, <laughs> moving forward, what did your educational journey look like to get here? Um, so it was complicated, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, so I, I went into my bachelor's um, education at UC Santa Barbara as a biology major. Um, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a dentist. That was just like, that's what it is. That's what it's going to be. Um, and when I started taking these biology classes and calculus, I was like, wow, I really don't enjoy this. I, like, I was like, I really am not having a good time here. Um, so I, um, stopped taking um, my bio prereqs my second um, quarter and just started like venturing out. I took some like Greek myth classes, some history classes, um, and I took a political science class and I like light bulbs just went off and I was like, I enjoy this. I love this. I am passionate about this. Um, and that's when my major switched. I, um, 
So I got my degree in political science and cultural linguistics and was like, okay, now I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to do education in law and make change there. Um, and again, I, my sister, who's a lawyer was like, do you actually want to be a lawyer? And I was like, you know, I don't, but I want to create change. And I think that's the best way to do it is to be a lawyer. Um, and so after battling that, um, my mom comes into the picture now and was like, well, you know, you love education work, you know, you love students. Why don't you just be a teacher for a bit and like, see what it's like to be like on the ground. Um, and you know, who doesn't listen to their mom? So I was like, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a go. Um, and then I ended up getting my master's in education and teaching credential um, and started working in the schools. Um, and I think it was like some of the best advice my mom has ever given me because I really was able or still am able to see um, the way policy works when you're actually in the classroom instead of how it's just written on paper. Um, and just from those short few years in the classroom, I was just like, I'm going to get my doctorate. Like I have to, because I know the type of work I want to do. I know the type of research I want to look into. Um, and I don't really see a point in waiting, honestly. So um, although there were a couple of like old mentors that were like, D just keep, just wait, don't, don't do it yet. You need more experience and more time to work. Um, I just felt ready to do it and excited to do it. So um, during our lockdown, I just was sending out applications, doing interviews, and was blessed enough to get into my Pepperdine program. And now we finished our first year. So I'm really, really excited about that for this month break we have. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of different avenues and paths, but um, I'm definitely more confident and comfortable and happy in the one that I in the route that I ended up taking. Um, yeah, so very, a lot of change <laughs> in the path to get here. Yeah, wow, what a journey from dentistry to um, educate to uh, law to education. It's oh, just a whole yeah. different sector, but you finally got onto your path, so that's awesome. Yes, it finally, it finally all made sense. <laughs> And um, how has your experience been as a doctoral student so far? So far, it has, overall, it has been wonderful. Um, I feel like I have learned so much. I don't even know what else could fit into my brain. Um, and I think I've, I've also just enjoyed having my cohort members there and, and honestly being the youngest in my group as of right now, because I feel like, um, I've just been able to see so many different types of experiences from other people in my cohort um, and it have like their knowledge kind of brush off on me. Um, my classes have, I don't know, it was really interesting starting during quarantine time um, because I never met any of my cohort members in person until this summer and none of my teachers and they, the school was adjusting to an online model. Um, so, but overall, I think that the courses I've taken have really helped to broaden my worldview and honestly kind of make me feel like I know less than I thought I did, um, which, which is humbling and exciting at the same time. Um, just working on courses for leadership and policy uh, on the local and national level, um, how to teach teachers, how to view myself as a leader and change maker. Um, yeah, so I just feel like my this year has just been like 
a flood of information into my brain, but also such an, ex- like, it's been overwhelming, but very exciting and encouraging to like, make me thirst to learn more because I'm like, wow, I don't know anything. How did, like, how did I make it this far without knowing this piece about my field or this part about um, quantitative research? So yeah, overwhelming and excited is just kind of the, the two words that can explain my time in the program so far. Yeah, well, being a first year student, of course, there'd be a lot of uh, things being pushed onto you, like too much information and truth, as you said, that COVID really changed our world around. Uh, everything was online. I never even imagined that we would be talking over Zoom calls and we'd be having classes, especially over Zoom. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The classes. And, you know, it was it's it was so interesting trying to, like, meet the people in my cohort and like learn the type of person they are over zoom and like because you don't have that natural like classroom flow or someone like you know yells out something funny or I don't I don't know the teacher is able to like come back faster without cutting someone off with unmute and mute so it was an interesting dynamic but I think I kind of think it made my cohort a lot closer because we tried a lot more to have like little sessions online where we just like hung out and talked and got to know each other. So um, some good parts about it, definitely. Right. I completely agree. While it was hard socializing online, but I think people started to try harder because now everything's online and you can't really interact with the person face to face. So they started making online groups and chats. So that, yes. Uh, yes. No. I have like Discord chats and Facebook chats. So people were trying. And I do, I did appreciate the effort given because now I feel like we are pretty close, which is great because I didn't th- know how, realize how much I would need my cohort members to get through even just this first year. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and you have also been teaching. So um, how has that experience been for you? It has been great. Um, <laughs> um, I've So I haven't been in just one grade throughout my teaching career. Um, so I've done kindergarten, third grade, um, sixth grade, and then special education, high school, ninth through 12th grade. So I've kind of just been all over the place with these past um, couple of school years. Um, But I definitely think that while it's been like such a crazy shift every year of what grade I'll be teaching, it has really helped me to become a better teacher, to learn how to be to actually be flexible and to be quick on my feet of thinking of new lesson plans or new ways to like meet the students where they are, especially when we were completely online during COVID or when we switched to a hybrid model, when we started to come back a little bit near the end of the school year, it, I don't, it has just been really good experience um, to, for me personally, switching these grades Um, and getting this different type of experience, whether it's in general population or special education or the older kids or the little kids. And I love the little kids. So that was a challenge for me personally, but um, I love teaching. I think that it honestly is like the calling for me. I love seeing my kids every morning and it's like, I I don't have my own kids. So I'm like, you are my kids and I love them so much. And just being able to 
I don't know, just encourage them not only academically, but socially and emotionally and just be like a person that can check on them, make sure they feel represented in their classroom because who knows what classroom they're going to next. So just knowing that I have the ability to bring some sort of like confidence building and joy and happiness and, and like to an extent, like friendship um, into this student's life is just my favorite thing. So I, I, I've had a great time being a teacher so far. Yeah, that's great. And especially that you're so driven towards what you wanted to do since forever. So it's great that you're pursuing yeah. your dream. <laughs> yes, I, this is, I mean, I've never been a dentist, but I think it's better for me than being a dentist. I don't, I talk way too much and I'm way too like all over the place to, I think, just sit in the chair and be like, hi, how you doing? So <laughs> I think this worked out for the best. Yeah, I get what you mean. And uh, teaching students, you can really interact with them and um, they won't really mind what you're saying because they're students after all. They're open for good interactions anytime. Yes, they are. They're, they're the best. And, so, and like half the time they say things to me and I'm like, oh, like I never thought about that. Some, some kids are just, they ask the craziest questions and I'm like, I genuinely never thought of that, but it kind of is a good point. So it's also nice to learn from them or even just get a laugh from them half the time. So I love it. I really do love it. Yeah, true, completely. <laughs> and also in the future, uh, would you like to switch between grades or stick to a particular one? And what course would you like to teach? Um, so in the future, I mean, I've, I'm currently in second grade and I think I would love to stay in second grade. I think it's the perfect middle ground for me of little babies and kind of upper elementary. Um, so I, I, and I really enjoy teaching um, social studies and grammar. So um, if I had my choice, that's kind of where I would love to be for the next couple of years as I teach. Um, and, but who knows, because I also am really, really interested in, trying to teach in higher education as well um, once I complete my research um, and if I can work a course into something valuable I would love to teach um, in higher ed and help future educators or future organization leaders um, future policymakers who knows I I just know that in some capacity I do want to be teaching people and helping people of all ages because I Definitely think you can learn at any age, just a matter of how you're taught. So we'll see. I don't really know what the future has for me yet. Yeah, well, it's a whole journey, but currently you're with second graders. So um, you can really talk to them and even learn from them. Like usually there's the stereotype yes. that um, all the people are supposed to teach the younger ones. But sometimes even kids say stuff that you didn't even know about and you're like oh wait that exists too oh okay <laughs> yes definitely I think that's like the biggest part about teaching it's like you have to be able to humble yourself enough to to like really understand that your kids can teach you just as well and and honestly you should want to learn from your kids or else I feel like you you become like that old teacher on campus that everyone's like oh gosh I don't want her because she's just so mean and old and like, I don't want to be that teacher. So um, I think it's really important to see the value and what kids know, because they are really smart without us. We're just 
scooting them along the way, giving some structure to what they know. So, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And um, this must be one of your, the most rewarding aspects for you. And um, is there anything else that you really enjoy about teaching? Hmm. I, you know, it seems so like, it is very like small thing, but I really enjoy just like, the other teachers on campus. Um, like I said, I am fairly new into teaching still. Um, and so just like seeing and hearing how like teaching has changed or how people have changed or um, honestly, there's a lot of like, there's always like little chatter that happens in schools as well. So kind of being in the mix of what's going on with teachers is always fun and exciting. Um, there's always like new information going on or like this person said this or did you hear what the PTA did or the principal? So it's like I'm in like a TV show sometimes and I really do enjoy that. Um, and I also really love um, decorating my classroom. I know that's, I don't even know if that counts as a part of teaching really, but I really, really enjoy like decorating my classroom and letting like the kids in the beginning of the year come in and draw their little designs so that they feel like they're a part of the process of like making the classroom feel like theirs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really just love my kids. And I just, that's just my favorite part about teaching. And it kind of just branches into like all the other pieces of what I do. Yeah, well, the teaching is always good, but the gossip in the staff room, that's <laughs> always a plus. And <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, is this what was going on when I was in school? Like, there's like, I'm always, I never have anything to say, but I'm just like, wow, that happened? That's crazy. Like, I love it. Yeah, I, I'm wonder, sure that, I wonder that as well. Do teachers actually gossip about us students in the staff room? Or, um, okay, we do. Or is we it just do. us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, I, now I know the inside of secrets. <laughs> yes. We're like, oh, we just love that one kid. He's the best. Yes. There's there's always a lot going on in, in this school, but it's it's always fun. And all the people I work with have just like the biggest hearts. So I it's just really fun. It's I did not think I would enjoy teaching as much as I do. I, I was so against it. I was like, oh my goodness, mom, I, I cannot be a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. And now I just couldn't imagine not being a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And uh, you're also interested in the STEM fields. So um, mm -hmm. why do you think more people should join these fields? And why should there be more diversity in these fields? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what <a> question. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there should be more diversity because we need it. I mean, if there's just like, simply put, if, if one person is in charge, well, I mean, not even simple, like if we look to our history and there's only one particular group leading the research or teaching that is done in a particular area, nothing is challenged, nothing grows. And I think we're very limited, um, not just, educationally but politically and socially I I think that when we lack diversity in any field but right now in in STEM um I think there can be a there's more opportunity for the spreading of misinformation there's an opportunity for skewed data I think um and I think it's another way to just stop 
new research from taking place, new ideas from coming in. I mean, if we did not have more diversity, if we didn't have more women, how many studies on women would be done? How many would be conducted if there were um, less people of color in the field of STEM? How would we be able to see um, how, I don't know, who would be the person in the room saying, but how does, for example, this vaccine work on this um, population or this population? You know, I think when you lack diversity, you lack um, outside perspective and insight into what's going on in other communities that you're not aware of because of lack of experience or I mean, lack of being a part of that community. Um, yeah, so I just think it just gives us a, a greater ability to be a better society by having more diversity. And I mean, our world is only becoming more diverse and more open-minded. So I think if we're gonna be building a skill set and trying to shape the way our leaders of tomorrow come up or the way our students learn, it's a setback to not have diversity in STEM. I just, yeah, I'm sure I could talk, anyone could talk forever about this because it's just like, yes, come on. We're, we're limiting ourselves, I think, as a society by not doing so, I guess, to simply put it. Yeah, definitely. And I think your authentic self is the best thing you can bring to the table. And um, like people from different cultures have different ideas. So restricting it mm -hmm. to a particular um, set of people that really won't bring a change in the world. And especially right. STEM fields, they are really important for us because now basically the people in STEM are the reason why there's change in the world to begin with. And especially with the technological advancement, so uh, who knows that maybe someone from a different part of the country has different ideas that one person from another part of the country didn't even think of. So I completely agree with you about that. Yes, you said it perfectly right there. That I think that is so true. Like because in STEM it seems so um, so like rigid and like dry. Like that's always how I used to see STEM. And but it's when like how you said when you bring your authentic self to it, like that's what brings like the life to it because you know you see yourself in your research you see other people in your research or in the information that you're providing and I mean that's what makes it so beautiful and nice and it's like we need more of that because that that's helping on every single level national local global it's just it's helping everyone from these diverse perspectives that are addressing these complex problems like it's valuable talent that we're missing out on when we're closing of access to being a part of these fields. Yeah, everyone has different skills to provide because each person is different on their own. And exactly. um, speaking of which, were there any challenges that you faced uh, being a member of the STEM fields? Um, well, I think my first challenge was myself. Um, I, like I said, when, when I left like my bio major, I was like, okay, I hate math, hate science. Uh, how would I get to engineering if I hate math and science, you know? Um, but so I think the first challenge was me overcoming, um, myself of telling myself like, oh, well, well, it's too much work. So you can't do it. Just do something else. Like, even though you're interested in it, just do something else. Um, because it's too hard or there's no people that look like you there. So 
it's going to be another challenge or obstacle. Um, so yeah, I think knowing and being confident in the ability and skill set that I have and what I have to offer was my my first challenge that I needed to get over um, to even apply to the programs or positions that I've held. Um, and then I think I did face certain challenges. I think that everyone um, or of a, you know, historically excluded group may have experienced of just feeling the need to like overperform because maybe you're the only like, black woman in the room um, and you feeling the need to be like, well, I have to show that I like deserve to be here because, you know, my credentials that got me into the program aren't enough. Um, or even just, you know, having, you know, some men in the room, you know, I, I feel like so cliche for saying it, but it really happens like me saying something and it being like dismissed and then them saying the same exact thing, like maybe a little bit louder. And people being like, let's do that. That's what we need to do. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Did you not hear me? Um, so, you know, just kind of feeling um, a bit left out or a bit overlooked or dismissed, honestly, was probably my another challenge that I faced of, you know, women in STEM is already like been up and coming or not up and coming, but is the conversation that we've been having for a long time of wanting to break down those barriers of pushing women towards STEM instead of saying like, oh, well, you go do your reading and writing and math and sciences for boys, but really opening access to that. And I think that when you add the other layer of being a person of color or your ability um, to that, it just adds on another layer of something else that other people think that you need to prove to them. Um, so I think yeah, it just comes full circle to just kind of knowing the skills that I have and the ability that I have and being like, you know what, this is what I have to offer. And if you don't like it, then I guess I'll, you know, I'll just have to find another group or another group, uh, another pocket of people to research with. Um, yeah, because those challenges, I think, will always be there in some capacity. So I think just having the confidence in what you know you can do is probably, I guess, all you can do at the end of the day. Um to stay in the STEM field, at least in some organizations, not every place is like that. I haven't been every place before. Yeah, but I'm so glad that you broke all the boundaries and stereotypes and still did what you always tend to do. And also it's really shocking that we're in the 21st century and there are still some people that um, discriminate uh, women or just people of color. So that's really something that we still need to work on it's not there yet mm -hmm. it is improving but i still don't think it's there yet uh, where it should be right yes and i and it's so interesting i also used to think about all the time because it's like we're especially for me i'm like we're in education like we're you know the leaders of teaching understanding and at least for elementary school and the foundations of like empathy and you know, we're in this together in community. And so as you see getting higher up in academia, there is this like internal conflict, I feel like um, um, of elitist, classist, ah, you know, <laughs> it just didn't make sense, but it would take so much time to just me rant about. But um, it, that was always super interesting to me because I felt like education is 
an opportunity, you know, to learn and to accept and to grow. And um, we're still stuck in there, um, in that next step of growth and diversity and acceptance and awareness. So yeah, really interesting, super interesting to me that that's still in the field that I'm in. I was biased and shocked. And like you said, that um, in elementary, we learn all these values about empathy and caring for everyone, no matter their race or um, what gender they are. But um, like slowly throughout the way, some people just forget about it and don't remember what they learned in elementary, even though um, as kids, they must be deeply... um, you know, they must be really deeply touched by those uh, words, but then on the way, I don't know what happens and they forget about it. So yeah. that's something we really need to work on. Yeah, there really is because it's so basic and so elementary. And I'm like, like a lot of times when I'm like watching the news or like review, like reading policy, I'm like, or like reading people's interpretation of policy. Um, I'm like, wow, I wish they were in my kindergarten class because if we could just review those like basic rules, um, of caring for others and having empathy and seeing the value in other people. I'm like, I don't think a lot of these problems would be here. They're so basic. My kindergartners could, could fix the world in a minute. I know they could. So yeah, they just, I don't even know how to solve that one. (laughs) Hopefully we'll figure it out. I think we should get all those people in an elementary class and then (laughs) we can just tell them to sit down and we can tell them to learn all these values all over again. Yes, I will make a chart. I will be the first teacher willing to volunteer. I will do it for free. Really, I will. Because that sounds like a plan to me. Yes, definitely. And lastly, um, what advice would you like to give to someone that wants to join the same field as yours? Oh, my goodness. I would say do it. Do it. Like, just do it. I didn't coin that. That's Nike. But I would say just do it. Um, I think there's so much fear and hesitation um, regardless of anything. Like, I don't even think, like regardless of age, regardless of gender, ability, like race, ethnicity, I think there is like just so much fear in getting into higher education in general. Um, The fear of like, you know, financial resources. I mean, I think I would just say that there are opportunities out there to help meet the needs that, you may have in order to like achieve this goal or achieve this dream. Um, So look into that, ask questions, reach out to people, like, especially in this age of social media, like you have unlimited access to so many resources and some people won't answer you and they suck, but other people are willing to help and willing to give you advice and encourage you. And so just do it. And I really think it'll pay off for the best. I mean, even if you stop and you're like, actually, I hate that. At least you tried. There'll be no regrets. Um, But for me personally, I know that I am so blessed to have had people around me say like, just go for it. Just try it. Worst case scenario, you're still teaching, doing what you like. Um, And now I just finished my first year of my doctorate and I'm really excited to start school again and to get into my dissertation proposal process. And I just like ah, just do it because it's going to pay off and um you know like we've been saying earlier in this talk everyone has something authentic to them that they can bring to the table and if you don't bring it then there's still that lack so yeah 
go ahead and do it. Just do it, then you'll love it. Thank you so much for that really good advice. That's it for today. Thank you so much for coming on. It has been a really good discussion and a great time talking to you and getting yes, your insights. Well, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much and all the best with your teaching uh, programs and teaching young kids. So let all of you know this podcast is now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker and Google Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to all listening platforms and stay tuned for more. Thank you so much Brittany. Is there anything you'd like to say before we log off? I just want to say thank you. I appreciated this time and it was great talking to you as well. Thank you so much. Well, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.